Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> What up, everybody? Welcome to episode 50 of the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. Uh, Who would have ever thought we would make it to 50 episodes? Getting you hyped up, getting you pumped up, uh, bringing you creative conversations with my real-life friends, you know what I'm saying, out there in the world, the people that I love, the people that I uh, want to get on and and talk to and and continue to just bathe in the fucking in the fucking spicy broth of our hot tub friendship. You know, share that beef jerky around, chew it up with one another. Mm, 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 mm. That's what I'm fucking talking about. You know, life is all about friendships and creative community you know so she has visual artists is so much about having a dope creative community you know and i know some people don't have that as of yet so you know that's where you come in that's where you are also the friends in the ghost shrimp and friends podcast you know what i'm saying because together we all create this new community through the podcast building up through the patreon you know what i'm saying patreon.com slash ghost shrimp um and uh and we're doing it man we're having so much fun with this this is so great um and i want to do something special for the 50th episode you know what i'm saying um i've been talking to a lot of my adventure time coworker friends about coming on and we're trying to work out times uh to get that going um but uh i never really sat down and just had an episode where I talked about Adventure Time. You know, we've talked about it a lot throughout the podcast, obviously. And, uh, you know, talked about, you know, how I got on Adventure Time in episode 10. You know, that whole, it's kind of the, kind of my whole life story, really, but it's in there. Um, and, uh, you know, but we've never had an episode where I was just really sitting down and reminiscing, going down memory lane about adventure time and uh, i was one of the greatest you know adventures of my life um and uh, i thought i might get up here and just uh see what we can find you know some of it you know y'all have heard obviously on the podcast before um but i'm just gonna try to take a snapshot of adventure time now that it now that the show has reached its conclusion um, last week, you know, with the with the finale, with the amazing finale, that should win every award available: Academy Awards, Oscars, Emmys, uh, People's Choice Awards, Best Beef Jerky Award, uh, Bicycle Trick awards you know what i'm saying whatever kind of awards there are best shark in the ocean award goes to the adventure time fucking finale because it was phenomenal are you all with me on that it was out of control we laughed we cried we were amazed we were shocked everything was there 
Um, me and Kent shared our immediate reactions on the last podcast uh, after we watched it, and um, you know it it was it was just phenomenal. But you know, I thought it'd be fun to just think back. You know, um, you know, I I, I grew up really loving cartoons. Um, you know, uh, Looney Tunes definitely stands out for especially how cartoony it was. Um, and that's one of the things that I think is really fun about Adventure Time is it's a very cartoony cartoon. The way Jake is, you know, especially as it gets deeper into the show, the the storyboarders get so creative with how Jake is using his ability to uh, transform his body, <laughs> mimicking people, uh, you know, cha- just like it, it's just insane uh, how cartoony it gets. But then at the same time, the story arcs are just as epic as any, uh, you know, Star Wars saga, um, you know, watching Lost, uh, you know, pick any of your favorite uh you know serialized shows it was it was really both i think adventure time started out as if you watch the original episodes it's very straightforward um it's it's really naive the characters are almost naive but it has its charm and its specialness there in the beginning especially with the language i think one of the things that make adventure time so special is the language involved in the show um and just the vernacular of the characters which in everything builds over time in the show but I think that stands out right away. Rewatching it, like I binged it from beginning to end um, over the last couple of months. And then, of course, I binged like the last five seasons uh, the week before the finale while I was working on that brand new super top secret Adventure Time triptych that I posted up during the during the finale day. Um, you know, but one of the things that stands out watching the original episodes um, to me is the how much hitting there is is so funny um the the cartoon violence in it um is is really funny because uh, it's actually not over the top you know um it, but it's it's there and it's effective when it happens and it's so it's it's comical uh, but there's not a lot of other shows that are like just really funny but then have these little bursts of violence in them. Um, you know, where it's not just constantly, it's not slapstick violence, like, you know, seeing cuckoo birds and, and, and welts rising on the head, like a Looney Tunes show would do. Um, it was like real actual fighting and people getting beat up and stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously not bloody or anything like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's really any blood in the show, um, but it is for for a kid's show. It does have actually a decent amount of fighting, you know, like a, a, especially since it's not it's a non fighting show. It's not like a Pokemon where you expect to see fighting, you know, but um, that that really struck me. And, uh, you know, going back and watching it and I thought that was hilarious. Um, and uh, and yeah, just like, you know, I think obviously you know, and I'm biased towards this, but I think right off the bat, even in the intro to the show, the first time you watch the opening to the show, you know, the world is so front and center. There's so much detail. There's so much character right off the bat in the world. Like the fucking intro to Adventure Time is like (laughs) better than most shows that have been on television, most fucking animated TV shows, you know? 
just the fucking, you know, it's like the Simpsons where you're watching the intro to the show and already you're like, I'm hooked. You know, it shows you the world of the show, the characters of the show, the vibe of the show, the humor of the show right off the bat. Um, It's not some schlocky thing where they're just uh, putting together a vignette, you know, little, little snippets of the show or whatever, or some, you know, whatever stupid intro. It's its own piece of work, you know, and, and I don't know if the, I don't know if there's a category for that, but man, that should win some fucking awards. You know what I'm saying? Get that up in the fucking award show, you know? Um, and yeah, the first season, you know, it's a lot of kind of one-off. The first couple seasons, it feels like, you know, the Lich episode, I think, is the first one that really starts to set in motion the big story arcs. And I remember when that um, happened. You know, of course, there's like the romances and, and all that stuff. But again, it starts out very naive. It's like very basic, like Ice King's the bad guy, Finn and Jake are the good guy. They're funny and quirky and charming. And then there's Princess Bubblegum and she's like, she's the love interest, but she's smart. She's a scientist. She's, you know, uh, you know, she's kind of out of, out of, uh, Jake, out of Finn's league, you know? Um, so it's actually a very kind of like, it's a very standard setup for a show, but then the voices within the show, Penn's voice within the show, um, I think it kind of works in its favor that it's that it's a very basic setup because that platform allowed you know us to kind of get in the door and go, yeah, it's just a show about a lot of stuff that you understand, and then upon that platform was built a huge metaphysical psychedelic. Um, incredibly detailed, emotionally deep world that we got into by the time the show was over. Um, really, the second half of the se- of the show, um, you know, is where a lot of that stuff really starts to just get super deep, you know. And uh, and and it was really fun to binge that all at once because, you know, when I left the show, um, I didn't get to watch it as much because we didn't have TV, we didn't have Hulu then. I don't know if it was on Hulu then. I, I don't remember, but. You know, I had I had just seen bits and pieces of the kind of the second half of the show, the second five seasons. Um, I had come back and freelanced on stakes. Um, I had done three like batches of freelance, I think, uh, and the finale um, being the third, I think, um, and and a little bit before that, working on the Gumbaldia episode. Um, but I'd work on like the the stuff leading up to that too, like the the. Um, the fern stuff where fern turns on finn and puts him in the ziggurat and all that stuff i had worked done some backgrounds for that and the the episode where uh jake has that great dream sequence where he shows up as the blue guy and he goes through that whole introspective dream sequence um i had worked on that stuff so you know i had seen bits and pieces but i hadn't um you know had the whole from beginning to end experience um so it was it was really fun to go back and see that and just be so impressed with how far people pushed it you know obviously i was inside of the show in the beginning but then it was actually really fun to pop out and kind of lose track of it and come back really as a fan and just watch it as a fan because when you watch the show when you're working on it it's a different experience because um, things get changed and and you're looking at how your work turned out in there and and all that stuff so there's so much going on in your head you know it's hard to just see it as a as a pure viewer as a pure fan 
Um, but that was really a unique experience for me. And I'm really glad it worked out that way. Um, you know, I'd always wanted to catch up with it, but it was really fun to have it all coming to a head at the finale and, and that being the, the point of focus for, uh, for getting through all that and reliving it as I was, you know, coming up with these really fun triptych, uh, illustrations and figuring out the details that I want to put in, wanted to put in there. Um, the, the princess bubble gum was the hardest one for me to get, but then it took me the longest to figure out how I was going to pull that one off. But then, um, it, it turned out to be, I think the strongest one, I think conceptually the Finn and Jake center of the triptych, the original piece that I conceived is like going to be the favorite and going to be the, the one that works the best, but the princess bubble gum one, I really love, I really feel like I pulled that off great. So anyway, but yeah, I think that, you know, right up right from the right out right out of the gate you know i think adventure time sets such a high bar for itself and animation around it really literally from the intro and then in and then uh you know the 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 first episode was what slumber party panic um which is an amazing episode it's so crazy and so funny and uh you know shows us the candy kingdom which was uh, such a fun location um and uh but i remember when we were first working on it i think the first episode the first production episode that we ever worked on was the Inchiridion, if i remember correctly my memory is definitely not super well my my memory is the unreliable narrator i live with my memory as the unreliable narrator so uh you know you got to know that just going in as you all know already from the podcast yeah that's probably why i'm so goddamn repetitive because i don't remember what i've said before um oh we got this like juicy old cup of coffee going right here too let's sip on this you know what i'm saying we live for the juicy old cup of coffee on this podcast my constant companion actually i've been trying to drink less coffee i've been on a real coffee jack drinking like two pots a day and now i'm cutting it back to half a pot a day um and it's been going pretty well you know always trying to uh you know refine my lifestyle you know sometimes you're like i'm tired i gotta drink more coffee but actually that shoots you in the in the fucking dick and and titties and balls and pussy in the end because it makes you crash it makes you dehydrated all that shit so Two good cups of coffee, two, three good cups, or two big cups or three little cups, and then a lot of water, and then smoothie. You know, I'm doing the intermittent fasting and shit. As you know, I love that intermittent fasting. Keeps me energized, keeps me, keeps me fucking focused. One less thing to think about. But I digress. What are we talking about here? What are we really talking about here, guys? Oh, we're settling into this old podcast. You know what I'm saying? I'm also recording this on... I was having technical difficulties. I tried to record this a couple times yesterday, but I was having some technical difficulties with uh, my computer. Um, I have a Goonies DVD that's been stuck in the DVD player for like months, and now it just constantly tries to eject it. So my my computer is constantly being like, it's like it's like it just tries to eject it, then reinserts it, tries to play it, then tries to eject it. It's fucking insane. So uh, I knew that would drive people crazy if that was recorded through the podcast. So I had to uh, jump up on here and start from scratch. But we're already off to a better start, you know. Um, it's hard to actually think about how to talk about all this stuff because it's so tied in with the larger storylines of my life and it's hard to just look at it as a as its own snapshot, but that's what I'm trying to do here, you know. But the Inchiridion was the first episode I really remember working on. Um, obviously, we did the concept design of the world first, you know. Um, you know, I had to test for the show, Um 
by doing the concept designs for the Candy Kingdom and the Treehouse, um, and uh, and uh, those were those are actually I shared those on Instagram recently. They're on my website. You can check out GhostRoomGlobal.com. I have. Uh, I don't have the finale backgrounds up yet because it's all been carted off out of the studio and it's going to take them a little bit to get them to me. Um, I don't have the colored backgrounds, but obviously I've been posting a lot of the, a lot of just the, my, my, my ink, my inks of the backgrounds, just the lines um, of the backgrounds, uh, the original artwork, as you would call it, you know, on my Instagram, I'm posting a lot of that. So check me out at the Go shrimp. If you don't already know, but you already know about that shit. If you listen to this podcast, this podcast is like the deep cuts. This is like the raw fucking uncircumcised fucking, uh, you know, podcast, you know, where we just fucking talk a bunch of bullshit, talk a bunch of shit, drink some coffee, smoke some weed, you know, uh, burp, fart, poop. Sometimes I just will just take a shit on this podcast. I did actually on the Jesse Moynihan episode, I had to pee so bad. I actually peed in a jar during that podcast, which it's weird to talk and pee and try to be quiet at the same time. So it took me a long time to do it, but I peed in the, in a, in a Mason jar during the Jesse Moynihan podcast. And I didn't say it at the time cause I didn't want to throw him off track. Uh, cause you know, we were in the zone, but I told him afterwards and he chuckled about it. We'll have to get him back on. Kent said that, uh, Jesse, he's been talking to Jesse and Tommy and, uh, Steve Wolfhart, who I, I don't actually really know Steve Wolfhart, but I'll have to, I'll have to connect with him. But I said they're all really kind of having a, they're in shock. They're having PTSD from, from Adventure Time ending. It is really wild. I know a lot of people are, you know, I think my social media following has almost doubled since, <laughs> since, uh, since the, since the finale aired and, and I've been really going and sharing a lot of Adventure Time stuff and so many people like mad people a day from all over the world, 13 year olds from Egypt and Peru just DMing me sharing love for the show you know so many people just thanking me for my contributions to the show um it's it's really uh incredible because you know i've i haven't worked on the show for such a long time and i haven't you know you know i've I've just been kind of going back to my illustration career and and i'll talk about adventure time from time to time but it's not like you know i'm not constantly uh you know pumping out adventure time you know hyping adventure time shit so you know the it's i'm I'm so i'm so thankful that you know the finale came around that's a real positive of the finale is that i came back and really shared a lot of this stuff and then you know really uh you know got a lot of people really hyped about um, you know, just, uh, just a world of adventure time. And a lot of people I think don't even think about backgrounds as being, um, you know, a big part of a show. And a lot of shows that you watch, the backgrounds really aren't, you know, being a background designer, I watch shows all the time and I'm amazed at just how little thought goes into the backgrounds because even for throwaway backgrounds, I always try, even if it's just like a close up of the wall or a close up of the desk, you know, there's one where it's just a close up of the wall in the treehouse, And I don't even remember why it was there, but it was like the most boring shot. I think something was just in front of it. And I put a little mouse hole in the wall and I put a little mouse trap 
with a shrimp as the bait. <laughs> you know, just a little joke. Um, actually, in the finale, there was another one. I think that one was an abstract. I think the shrimp mousetrap, you can go try to find it. It might be behind a character, though. It doesn't matter to me if it's behind a character. I just still like to stick in little jokes here and there. Um, you know, always. I always try to get a little story beyond the story into every background. It doesn't, you know, there are some that, that get through and, and don't, you know, I, I, I can't sneak a joke in or something. But almost always I try to get something in. There's another one um, actually at um, in the in uh, in in Beth and what's his name? Shelby. Uh, I forget Beth and Shelby, the two new characters that begin the finale um, in their house, in Marceline's old house there. Um, there's a shot of the desk and and there's a lot of stuff on it that are props that I didn't draw in. But it was a bl- it was a blank desk. And then I just have a fish that is like laying on the desk and then there's a ruler next to it (laughs) just measuring the catch you know (laughs) and so i always try to put in something super random that people be like what the fuck is that you know what is going on there um but so I I, I I digress again. You know, I'm, I'm going all over the place. My brain is hyperactive in the morning. I'm drinking this coffee. I'm smoking that weed, you know. Um, but I, I was testing for the show. Um, put up all those, uh, you know, I put, I put those up on Instagram. Um, and uh, so the first thing we did was, you know, do all the concept design. You know, the, the original test for the Candy Kingdom became the actual production background, which is pretty nuts if you think about it. Um, and then I did maybe, uh, I did maybe, uh, three or four versions of the treehouse before we settled on the finished version. Um, and then I did a, actually a turnaround of the treehouse. Um, there's actually all four views of the treehouse, um, that I did originally. Um, and, um, I remember I did the map, uh, early on. Uh, because the, you know, the show was on really eggshells in the first season. Um, it was kind of week to week, whether we were actually going to have work to do. And, uh, so they would be just trying to find stuff to be like, all right, do a giant map of ooh. So I taped together like eight sheets of paper and, and, you know, cause I drew every, I draw everything on paper and I drew this giant fucking map of ooh. Um, that was really fun. I wish I snagged that. I wish I had that. That would have been a fun one, um, to, to still have. But I think they made prints of it for for uh, for um, uh, San Diego Comic Con one year. So I think people have some. I don't know how big those maps were, but that'd be a really cool collector's item to have now. Uh, but I remember doing the map really early on. Uh, but yeah, it was really crazy. Like all the original storyboarders that I was there, like a bunch of people had already been fired from the show when I came on. Um, they had already tried to have some different people design the look of the show and it wasn't working. They had had, tried to have some character designers come on the show and it wasn't working. Um, they went through different writers. They had, I think already gone through some storyboarders and then there were some other guys in there. Um, Doug Tenaple was doing like a freelance storyboard for, for an episode called Gloriers when I was there. Um, there was like two staff storyboarders, one dude, I can't remember his name. He was this black dude. I remember he had a kid and there was another guy named Armin. And I remember his name because he died. Um, and the, the art of Ooh book was actually dedicated to him. I don't remember how he died, but later on he died, man, which is so crazy. Um, 
to think, you know, because he was just like, I think he was a little older than me, but he didn't seem like that old of a dude. Um, so RIP, you know, fucking Armin out there in the universe, in that infinite universe, man, he's, he's, he's reconnecting, you know, he's out there. Um, but they were both fired. Um, and, uh, eventually they, I forget who the first round of storyboarders even were for the show. Oh, Bert Yoon came on the show, right? He was one of the initial storyboarders. Um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that I became really close with came on the show, um, after the, after, you know, after, kind of all those people got fired. Um, it felt like, I feel like Tom Herpick came on, um, the show as a character designer, Phil Rinda, obviously Phil Rinda came on like right after me. He was one of the first people on the show after me, like maybe the same week. I remember kind of meeting him in the, in, in downstairs, um, in the downstairs, downstairs from Flapjack. Um, you know, I remember meeting him where we were, uh, you know, working on adventure time and, um, and uh, saying what up to him, and I guess he thought thought I was a dick at first. Um, I can't really remember why. Um, you know, there was obviously the whole debacle where I came on and got fired after six weeks on Flapjack. Um, that's all chronicled in episode ten of the podcast. But I don't want to talk too much about that and overtake this story with that because that's its own whole saga. But um, you know, uh, you know, it, it was a very crazy time. I had just been fired. Um, tons of people were getting fired off Adventure Time. It was like week to week whether the show was going to be canceled. And furthermore, really, there was a lot of talk of the studio maybe being closing down. Cartoon Network Studios maybe like you know, being, you know, sold or closing down or something if Adventure Time didn't hit, you know, and, and there was a lot riding on it. It was really crazy. Um, it was kind of a very like emotionally up. It was a very emotionally, uh, uh, tumultuous time for me. Um, uh, season one, it was very crazy. You know, I had no idea how I thought, you know, I was just going to walk into Cartoon Network and there was going to be like a bunch of animators sitting there animating the show like I had no idea that like stuff goes overseas to get animated I was so naive like I grew up loving cartoons but I never dreamed that I was gonna work in the cartoon industry you know I I always thought like I was gonna you know as a, as a visual artist my focus was on like illustration and I was starting to do some comics at the time um, had a couple comics put out with Top Shelf and, uh, you know, I was thinking of, you know, really those and, and thinking of like, you know, just, just loving doing album covers and shit. You know, I thought, man, if I can get paid to do, if I can make a living doing album covers and illustrations and, you know, some comics here and there, that, that was my dream, you know? Um, and, uh, so to, to, to get the opportunity to come out, to be invited out to work for Cartoon Network, you know, obviously come out Flapjack first, that was not a good fit. Uh, long story short, that collapsed and imploded. And then the next day, you know, I got the opportunity to come in and test for adventure, start testing for adventure time, basically. And, um, but that was a whole debacle in and of itself. I couldn't draw fast enough and I had to figure out like to transition from like the, the like spending three to seven days working on illustration to all of a sudden having to do 10 or 15 backgrounds a week, which still is like a light load. Like, you know, other people do, I think on average more backgrounds than that per week. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not all super detailed backgrounds. You get a mix. Some are, like I said, some are throwaway backgrounds. That's what I call the ones that are really, there's not a lot going on in them. They're going to be very quick. 
Um, you know, I would, the only way I really figured out how to draw fast enough was in the beginning to draw straight in pen rather than drawing in pencil, which is insane. So all those initial treehouse backgrounds and stuff were drawn with a pen and a whiteout pen. <laughs> That's how I fucking drew those which is totally crazy. Um, you know, I would do a little sketch to lay it out, like a literally a thumbnail and then blow it up. And then I would just draw right over that. That's how I figured out how I was going to do it fast enough. And still, I was very scared. I was very nerve wracked. I had never done a background in my life. Um, I had never done a storyboard in my life before getting hired to storyboard on Flapjack. And I had never done a background in my life before I got hired to work on Adventure Time. Uh, I took a very, I, I arrived in the animation industry <laughs> very unpredictably and, 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 you know, very, uh, you know, in a very unorthodox way. Um, which is crazy, you know, because I know so many people, that's their dream. And so many people, when you're there, there's always so many people applying to get in. Uh, but really the best way to get there, I think, is to make very strong, unique personal work at a high level. You know, you need your constant, you need your, you need your strong personal voice as an artist and have a really, you know, have really great concepts in your work. Always be pushing that and also always be pushing the technical execution of your work. I think if you can get that to a very high level and your work is very personal and it's, uh, you know, it stands out, um, and you're getting it out there in the world and you're trying to make things happen for yourself, contacting people you want to work with. Um, I think that's the best way to do it, you know, and, uh, and, and try to put out comics and stuff like that. I think that really helps, but you know, that's how I saw a lot of people get hired on there. You know, Tom Herpick got hired on there. Um, uh, Jesse Moynihan, um, Andy Ristino, I think all just on the strength of their work, you know, um, uh, I don't know if those guys, I, I forget if those guys were actually, I don't think those guys were really pursuing it. I think it was more like, hey, this guy would be a great fit. I saw a lot of people get hired that way. Um, you know, and there's always a lot of portfolios around, but it's like, you're looking for the person who's the right fit, you know? And I even had a lot of people test my friends test for the show. And later on, after I quit the show, Ghost Scouts test for the show and stuff. But it's really about having good work and, but also really about being the right fit for the show, you know? So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but no doubt, um, it was destiny that I was meant to design the world for Adventure Time, you know? I think that's the most amazing thing about it, you know, is that I took this really strange route to get out there. It was kind of a nightmare in the beginning. Um, but, you know, once it settled down and, 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 and I realized that I was going to have a job there, that I was going to be able to, you know, I went out there with the dream of working out in L.A. for two, three years maybe, and save up enough money to buy land to, uh, you know, buy this land that I live on now, really, that was the plan. I didn't know it was this piece, but I knew it was going to be somewhere back in New England. And uh, that was going to be the deal, you know, so, um, you know, I was very excited that I was going to get a chance to accomplish this goal. Um, and uh, furthermore, it was like, you know, when I got hired to do storyboarding, I was like, okay, you know, this is a fun challenge and, you know, I can get some new skills and stuff, but really doesn't satisfy my itch as an illustrator. You know, I really love doing finished work, finished drawing. Um, and, uh, and so to get the opportunity to design the world for a show, for a show that's very imaginative and even we didn't obviously know what it was going to become, but you know, I saw the potential, um, and because they wanted me to set the style for the show, 
concept design the whole show and uh you know was going to they were going to really let me go wild on it you know that was clear from the beginning and it was a that's what made it a perfect fit you know i don't think i could even go on a show that was already established and really do that much because that's not my strength my strength is doing my work you know my 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 shit the best that i you know nobody does what i do better than me and uh i can't do much else <laughs> at any high level you know i just do my thing i remember nick jennings the art director told me he's like you know don't put everything you have into the show save something for yourself you know don't 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 give it everything you have um stylistically and stuff i guess like so you know i i, I don't even quite understand everything he meant by that but i was like dude i only have one mode and it's just to try to sit down and do the best drawings i can like i can't sit down and draw on other people's styles like most people do in the animation industry you know they go from they go from show to show they can draw on a lot of styles like like uh you know phil rinda is really good at that you know he came on the show and he you know designed all the he he did the character designs for the show and he has worked on many shows and can come on and and take on the style of the show and a lot of background designers you know obviously all the background designers who came on the show were doing that they were working in my style basically which is just crazy and as i watched the second half of the series that i hadn't really seen i was blown away it was like i was dreaming because a lot of times when i would work on the adventure time backgrounds um i would actually dream of backgrounds because i was working on it nonstop. i'd work on you know i mean i love what i do so i'd work 60 70 hours a week like that's what i want to spend most of my time doing is drawing and especially i didn't have a family then and i you know uh you know i mean <laughs> you know again a long story short i i was engaged when i went out there but it broke off pretty quick um it during season one of adventure time um uh, my my the girl that i was engaged to really did not like la and it just all shredded to pieces another thing that was very emotionally this this time was so emotionally charged for me and may have really contributed for like the epicness of what i was throwing down you know i mean i don't think that's the best work that i've ever done but i think it's definitely some of the best and i think if you look at the my my adventure the the body of work on adventure time as a whole i think you could say it's the best project i've ever done you know but i'm always trying to i'm always like i think if i would say what's the best drawing i've ever done it's the it's that giant awol one cover that i did um it's not i don't think the album's out yet but the nahual album n-a-h-u-a-l and that one's on my website of course and i think that's the best drawing i've ever done you know i'm always trying to make my best work you know it's really my philosophy as you know sitting down every time i sit down i'm trying to make the best drawing that i can you know within the parameters of uh the that assignment you know um you know depending on budget depending on time frame but some of them transcend i mean the reason that that awol one cover came out so good is because i said fuck it i had some money in the bank from teaching out at the animation workshop in denmark and uh you know i decided to just go and spend basically three months doing that album cover and it was large format and so detailed and um you know just just refining and refining and really challenging myself to say if i didn't put a time frame on it what's the best drawing i could do you know so i, th I still think i set a really high bar for myself there um this new raw rolling tray the second raw rolling tray i'm working on right now actually could give that one a run for its money so we'll see um i, I don't have that much time to spend on it um and i'm working on a lot of other things at the same time but um 
but we'll see. We'll see where I land. I'll definitely better. I'll definitely best it uh, sometime soon. You know, sometime soon. That's the goal. You know, you can't be a world champion unless you're constantly trying to beat yourself. I don't look at other people's work and go, wow, that guy's really good. I'll never be that good or anything. I don't compare myself to other people. I get inspired by other people. Um, but I don't compare myself to other people because I'm just trying to compete with myself. If I, if I compete with other people, I could, you know, it's out of my control. You know, I could feel bad about things. It could kill my motivation. It could kill my inspiration. Um, but if I compete with myself, I always have a chance to better what I'm doing, to best what I'm doing. And I think that's what the greats always do. You know, you always want to make sure that you're, I think my work is is at the level of anybody out there, you know, um, you know, in in my own way for what I do, you know. I think it's I think I I think I'm in the in the elite category as an illustrator at this point. Fifteen years in the game, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't have said that coming out. Um, you know, I, I'm always into my work, but you know, I think the level that I'm at now is uh is very elite, you know. But you so you always want to you always want to strive to you know, be out there and knowing that, you know, your work can stand up against anybody else's, but there's nobody that I look at and say, I'm competing with this person. I'm competing with that person. Um, I'm just competing with myself. I think that's a really good attitude to have because then you're always in control of things. You know, you want to always position yourself mentally to have the psychological advantage to know that you're in control, that you're in control of your destiny. You're creating your own reality. You know, obviously, you know, the life is out there conspiring and doing its own thing and, and, and weaving all these other stories that are intertwined with yours. You know, it's like DNA. It's like some of it's pre-programmed, but it's really the choices that you make that are going to determine the outcome of who you are. Your DNA doesn't decide who you are. Your DNA sets the sets up the basics, but it's what you choose to do with it. It's how you tune yourself that really decides who you are. It's how you tune your mind, how you tune your body, how the, the practices you do all the time, the, the, the rituals, the, 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 the daily habits that you have. Are they productive? Are they not productive? You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I think that the challenge that Adventure Time presented to me in that it was going to be more work than I had ever done in my life. I mean, the, I probably produced more drawings on Adventure Time than I produced in, in the rest of my life combined, you know? Um, I think that stepping up to challenges like that, that are, that are, you know, it's, it's, it, that was obviously destiny. It was the perfect fit. We know in hindsight, you know, that that was truly destiny for me to design that show. So, um, you know, that to, to, to have that challenge in front of me and to step up and go, I, there was a time where I thought when they told me, I basically had one weekend where it was like, you can either figure out how to draw fast enough to get hired on this show, or we, we want to hire you, but we can't, you know, we're going to have to let you go. It's this weekend when I was done testing, they were like, these are all great tests, but it's like, comes down to this one weekend. You have to make a breakthrough to be able to do these fast enough, you know, you know, multiple backgrounds a day, or, you know, we're going to have to let you go or we're, we're basically not going to hire you. So I was, I was, you know, I was going to be, I had been fired, uh, you know, a few weeks earlier and I was about to be fired again, but you know, there was something in me that was like, fuck that. I'm not going home as a failure. I'm not letting this 
amazing once in a lifetime opportunity passed me by. I could feel it. I could feel that this was my destiny. And I, I was scared fucking shitless. Let me tell you, I felt embarrassed from already being fired. Um, I felt like, you know, I didn't belong there. I felt humiliated. It was one of the lowest moments in my life. I, one of the, one of, I was, even though it was a brief period of time, I was so scared at this time because of, you know, what was at stake, my reputation, like not even that is like, not, I don't want to say my reputation, but my ego was, was definitely d- destroyed. Um, you know, financially I had borrowed money to move out to LA, um, that I had to pay back. Uh, I borrowed $3,000 from my grandpa to move out there to like, you know, rent a car and, and get a down payment on an apartment and all that stuff. Um, to, to make the trip out literally. Um, and, uh, cause I had the dogs, I drove the dogs out there. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd never, you know, I'd never tried to work for anybody before, you know, as an artist and I had never been fired, you know, and it was the, it was the biggest opportunity of my life to get hired at Cartoon Network. And then I was, it was shattered and destroyed in a humiliating way. Um, and, and in a, in a way that just destroyed my faith in, you know, what was, you know, what we were doing there. And then it was completely restored, um, by getting hot, by eventually really getting hired on Adventure Time and the person that Penn turned out to be. Um, but it really came down to this one weekend and I had the breakthrough of, of drawing in straight pen and blowing up a thumbnail sketch and just going, just letting fear and, and ambition and determination to be the greatest fucking drive me. And I banged out that background. Um, and it was a background of like this mushroom world inside of the treehouse. It was an episode where something's going wrong inside the treehouse and they have to shrink down and go in. Jake has to shrink down and, and, and go in. I think it was like maybe recycled into another episode later on. And I think of, I don't know if this background ever made it in, but a version, I saw some designs that were based on this background in the episode that this turned into eventually. Um, but it'd be cool. I wonder if I still can dig up this background. Cause it was, it was really, it was, if I hadn't drawn that background, um, my destiny, my, you know, that, that would have been different. That's where, that's where a parallel reality split off. And there's a version of me that couldn't pull that off. And I don't know where that version of me is. I mean, I'm sure that I was able to rally and, and, and I'm sure I was able to turn it into good things, but I'm very glad that I'm in this reality. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever this reality is, whatever this infinite reality, this shape-shifting reality is, you know, um, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm really glad that this was the reality that I ended up in. Um, but you know, so I got the job, uh, but still I was, it was, it was very scary. It was very frantic. Um, it was week to week pen. I remember, um, was, uh, he, I can't remember if he actually did this or if he just offered it to me, but, um, you know, we were off and on and I didn't have a lot of money because I had borrowed money to come out there and then I had been fired and then I wasn't getting checks. And then I just, I think started to get a few checks here and there, um, as we were doing the concept stuff for adventure time. And, um, like the initial treehouse designs, the initial, like not the tests, but the actual production, the actual ones that were the actual official concept backgrounds, um, for the show. Uh, but it was off and on and it was literally week to week. And Penn, um, was like, I will pay your, I will pay your salary for you to stay here 
you know, if they're not giving you money, which was incredible. And I can't remember if that actually happened or not. Uh, we'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask him. We're, we're always working on getting him on the podcast. He's so shy about it. But it will happen eventually. Maybe years from down the line. But we'll get it. We'll, we'll entice him with some, with some, uh, with some, with some beef jerky, uh, with some beef stew. You know, we'll, we'll get the steak tips out. Uh, I know my man Penn loves to drink the, the liquor, the whiskey. You know, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get him, we'll get him on eventually. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, you know, he was such a good guy and he really restored my faith in everything. And, uh, you know, the, 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 he was in a lot of turmoil with the studio. Uh, you know, obviously famously after season five, Penn, uh, stepped down as showrunner because he didn't enjoy wrangling with the executives and doing all that, um, you know, all those meetings. And, you know, actually running a show is, you know, one of, in a way, the least creative jobs on it because you end up managing a lot of the creative talent on the show. Um, you know, he would obviously do some writing and some boarding and other stuff. But, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of arguing with executives who aren't creative people. And a lot of the feedback is really stupid and uh, and um, insane. So it's kind of a mind numbing experience. You know, I had a little taste of that, um, you know, when I did. Uh, although, I, well, yeah, mostly uh, when I did my I did two pilots, one for Cartoon Network and one for Disney. But I was actually really lucky. I got to work with Mike Moon at Disney and I got to work it with Curtis Lalash at Cartoon Network. There were some other executives that were giving like secondary feedback at Cartoon Network um, that was, you know, just like just way like they didn't even know what we were talking about. They, they didn't even seem like they had watched like the, the what we were working on and stuff like that. So it's like super insane. And I guess it's so cliche. I probably don't even need to elaborate on it. But, uh, you know, he was always like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. You know, So it was like the first the whole first thing from being fired to having my engagement collapse to, you know, watching everybody around me getting fired. It was very crazy in the beginning. But once Adventure Time got going and um, once it, you know, I think it got on the air and people started to react to it and people saw exactly what it was going to be, even if it, even in its infant stages, you know, cause when you watch the initial episodes, they're so different. Um, uh, and they're so like, I don't know, they're, they're more heavy handed, you know, you can actually hear the like feedback of the executives, but what's genius about it is they still made it great. They still made it unique. They were able to take that feedback from the executives and um, still make it fun and twist it, you know, taking all this silly stuff of, of the, of the tropes that they had to work in and the cliches and working with the really basic character archetypes. Um, they still, you could still see the, 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 the initial voice of the show shining through and obviously enough so that the fans recognized it and shout out to the fans because, you know, if you don't have fans for a show, it dies, you know, as we've seen so many times. I mean, the fact that Adventure Time went 10 seasons is fucking insane. Um, you know, I still can't believe it. Um, and, uh. Trying to see. I'm recording this on my wife's computer. Trying to see how long we've been going for. I don't know. I can't tell. 
<laughs> this is a rambling, this is a rambling old man's podcast. We're probably about halfway through. I got a pretty good sense of timing on these from from doing so goddamn many fifty episodes, guys. Give your round, give yourself a round of applause if you've been listening to this podcast. First of all, welcome to any new listeners. As always, um, I know we got some new. Uh, I know we got a new patron on the Patreon. So shout out. Uh, we'll get some shout outs in at the end as usual. Um, but, uh, you know, big ups to uh, everybody who's been a fan of the podcast, uh, you know, and, and supporting it. It's so much fun to be able to do this and to share this with you guys, you know. Um, I love behind the scenes shit and hearing people talk about this. So, you know, uh, you know, from my favorite creators and stuff. So, you know, hopefully people enjoy this shit. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so once the show, you know, got on the air and got its legs and, and got the fan base behind it, shout out to the fans. Um, you know, you know, they really started to back off and, and, and let people go. And then I feel like once the storyboarders really got respect and established, then they would really, I know the storyboarders, uh, you know, had, as Kent was talking about on the last episode of the podcast, had a ton of input on the stories. You know, they would, they would submit full pages of written ideas for stories. And sometimes that would be like the, the outline, you know? So, um, you know, I know that, uh, Tom Herpick and Rebecca Sugar and Jesse Moynihan and Akko and these people that, you know, and, and more people too. These are just the people that I interacted with the most on the show. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, they had, they, they, they built these giant story arcs and, and started to put this emotional depth into the show that you really, um, find on the, on the, um, you know, especially in the, in the back end of it where it starts to twist and turn and become unorthodox and all of a sudden really starts to become a show for, uh, for an older audience. And I think what's so fun is that, you know, they, they, you know, Adventure Time obviously is so groundbreaking in so many ways, but the, but the fact that Finn and Jake age throughout the show, the characters age through the show, they go through, uh, you know, certain amount of physical transformation because Finn, Finn's arm gets chopped off and he has different arms and, and different swords throughout the thing. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, we see different versions of the characters, the, the characters voices obviously change. But it's so interesting how the characters in the show actually actually start out young and naive with voices that change with voices that are young and naive. And then as their character grows, as the storyboarders come into themselves, as everything gets all this great depth, the characters growing older with with them. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, the Simpsons where Bart Simpson is the same age for 25 years. You know, Finn and Jake are actually aging. Jake has children in the course of the show and he's like kind of a deadbeat dad, you know, and it's like it's amazing. What show is like that? You know, it's it's such a sophisticated show that you wouldn't expect coming from something that's supposed to be for kids, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I love that, you know, I, I know that I wasn't trying to, I never think I'm designing a show for kids. I'm like, I'm trying to make my best goddamn fucking work. I'm trying to do mind blowing shit. And I think that that's exactly what the storyboarders were doing, you know? And, and also it's like, you know, one of the things I talk about is, you know, I was, I was, I, <laughs> one of the things I talk about, um, I'm always talking, I'm always fucking talking about shit. Um, the, I would always, even if the background was only going to be on the screen for literally one second, 
you know, if that's an epic background, if that's an epic location, I'm going nuts on it. I'm putting that in my pile of ones that I'm going to put a lot of detail in because that's that has the potential to have to be one of the most fun drawings that week. You know, I, I'm I'm you know even things things once they leave your desk, things can get scrapped, things can get changed, things can whatever. You know, I think as a background artist, the thing that I thought about was. I get my breakdown of backgrounds. I get 10 or 15 storyboard panels that I'm going to be, you know, jumping off of for the week. I'm, I'm watching the animatic. I'm talking to Nick Jennings, the art director about what's going to go where, what, you know, what, what, what kind of thing we're talking about here. And then I'm sitting down and I'm letting my imagination go as wild as it can. You know, I'm blowing up all those thumbnails. I'm taping them all to the back of the copy paper. I'm getting out my pen, putting the, putting the borders on all of them and I'm spreading them out, drawing them all at once. That's the only way I can do it fast enough. And I'm trying to let my imagination go wild. I'm saying these three or four are going to be the most the most detailed. These three or four are going to be, um, you know, the 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 medium ones, the ones that I'm spending a medium amount of time on. And these throwaway ones are ones that are a lot less detailed, more up close shots of shit. Um, and I'm just going to try to get little gags in there. And the one another reason I like to work on them all at the same time is because it would allow me to weave layers of ideas through. I would have time to think of jokes and and different themes to 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 weave through it. Um, you know, I'd go through and um, you know, uh, uh, put, uh, there's, there's, there's that sequence in abstract where Jake is walking through his dream sequence. And there are, there's, there's a theme of tacos through the whole thing, which is an inside joke, um, with me and one of my friends about chicken taco or beef taco, shout out to Taichin's Mocklinson. Um, you know, and, and that's a theme through that background. And then I thought, wouldn't it be funny if there's cows and chickens all hanging out in this background to to jump off the to expand on that joke and and put them in there and then um there is uh you know there there's so I'm, I'm going through and i'm weaving layers of ideas through there's the idol at the end of that um sequence where he comes to the temple he's looking at the idol the you can't and again you can't even see this in the background but there's a the idol has a merch booth in the corner if you pause it on that background and that background is is like colored like it's in shadow it's all in shadow but there's so much going on in that background there's a there's a merch booth for the idol in that in that uh in that background there is a uh there's a ouija board pointing at a taco in that background there are tacos stacked up all over the visage of the idol the stone representation of the idol of that blue character that jake has turned into um uh, there's like an arts and craft project that someone started on the floor. There's like cut up paper, like someone probably like whoever was setting up that merch booth, like had to bring their kid to work that day. And so like their kid was doing like an arts and crafts project and they didn't clean up, clean up after it. Um, there's like in one of the reverse angles, there's like a broken gumball. Like, and this is, this one is a, this, this, this little one that I'm talking about now is a reverse angle of Jake looking down at this scene. And, uh, there's, it's just a shot of him with a wall behind him and a door. And I make the door so that instead of just being in darkness, you can actually see outside of it and you can see the universe outside of it because that's a nice idea. And then there's a gumball machine behind him that's been smashed. Um, and, uh, and there is a soda that's been left on top of it. Like all the gumballs and the, and the coins are spilled out of it. So I guess it was really just vandalized. It wasn't robbed and that whoever did it left a soda on top of it, you know? So it's like, and, and probably, you know, you, people that have seen that episode probably didn't see any of this, you know, but the thing is like, 
you know, you put this in there because I want to have fun with it on my desk. That's what inspires me to be a great artist. You know, that's what makes it fun for me. Um, and then the background designers always said, man, we love working on your backgrounds. It's so fun to color them. They're the people that actually spent as much time with them as I did <laughs> coloring them. Um, so they're looking at it. They're having fun with it. And then also it's like, you know, the background, the, the, the storyboard artists all see that shit. You know, they would request me for certain episodes. They would want me, uh, um, to do certain backgrounds and stuff um, because, you know, they're like, we know Dan's going to go nuts on it. That was my job on it, you know, and and I think my philosophy is you always got to be making every time you sit down to do a drawing, not only try to do your best work, your most personal work um, filled with your own personal mythology and things that make it meaningful to you, um, but oh, wait, what was I going to say with that? God damn, I was on such a roll there and I lost it. Fuck. Um uh, uh, I was going to say that you, you know, when you do that, you know, you, they, it goes out to them and they get inspired by it. And you are, you know, you're, 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 it's like, it's like you're doing your best work. You're inspiring your peers. They're requesting you to do more. You know, it's, it's a, it's this positive inspirational feedback loop to me. I really think inspiration is the most powerful, um, it's, it's the most powerful force in the universe for human beings. You know, we can inspire each other to create things that do not exist, you know, and, and it's so amazing. It's like, you know, in the animal kingdom, like they do their thing. A beaver does a beaver thing and a blue jay does a blue jay thing and they stay in their lane and they don't cross over. But in the human world, our superpower is that we can create things that don't exist. We can imagine things that have never existed and we can manifest it with the right circumstances and the right work ethic and all this stuff, you know, the right things coming together. We can manifest these things in reality. And the fact that not only can we do that, but but it, it, it's, it's, it, and this is why I think people are creative, truly meant to be creative animals, right? I think that's what we are. We're creative animals in the infinite universe because when it's not only that we have this ability to create it, but when you create something like that and put it out there, right? Like MC Escher did with his work and I picked up his book and I look at it and he was inspired and to, to create this creative work. And then when I look at it, I'm feeling that and it's inspiring me. It's not just that I look at this thing and it's a thing, right? I look at it and I am inspired by it and it infects me and it not infects me and whatever you want to say. It, it literally can, like, I remember seeing the work of people that I love the most, it, it, it inspires you. It almost obsesses you. It almost lights this fucking, it's like, it's like lights your soul on fire. When you, when you then have to go, Holy shit, I got to make something. I got to do this. Wow. I got to do, I, I, it makes you go, there's nothing I want to do more than just do my version of this, my thing now, you know? And it's, you know, it's, it, it, that's what happened with cartoons growing up with me, with the, with the Looney Tunes, with the, with the GI Joe, with the, with Ren and Stimpy came out. I was like, what the fuck? You can do like, like cartoons with guys in underwear yelling at each other, slapping each other, fucking boogers, fucking powdered toast man, random wild shit that I've never seen before. That made me go, I want to make super weird work. I want to make super random shit that I've fucking never seen before. That is so exciting, you know? So the fact that we can create stuff and also the inspiration 
can change the world. You know that we get inspired by one another's ideas. We see something and we want that. We want our lives to be about that. We want to embody that. We want to reflect that. We want that to be part of our personality, part of our persona, part of our legacy. Um, It's fucking incredible, man. I got to slow down for a minute. Let's sip on this coffee. I'm getting lightheaded. Sometimes I get fucking lightheaded when I get on these rants. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and, you know, it, it, we had such a great crew and it's like, you would do, I, I feel like everybody would want to do great work because everybody else was setting the bar so high around them. You know, um, Phil Rinda was, came on and did an amazing job as the character designer. And then Tom Herpick came on and got hired shortly after and started as a character designer and then became multiple Emmy award-winning storyboard artist. He's one of my favorite people in the world. So I'm so fucking happy for Tommy. Um, he, uh, he accomplished, you know, every fucking goal he ever set out in, in coming out to, uh, to, to LA to work for Cartoon Network. We knew each other a little bit before casually, um, both going to school in New York city at the same time and both kind of being at, at comic cons, um, at the beginning of our careers. Um, I had also crossed paths with Andy Rist- Dino, um, who's been on this podcast, um, and he came on as a character designer and later on did some storyboarding and some background design as well. These people are just so fucking talented. Jesse Moynihan came on the show, and I didn't know about Jesse. Um, him and Tommy were talking, and he came on the show, and now is definitely at one of my absolute favorite fucking artists. He's been on this podcast. We got to get him on to talk about this. Sounds like he has a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings about Adventure Time. So we're going to go on a run here of of just uh, indulging ourselves in Adventure Time because I'm like just feeling it so hard, uh, uh, just feel so thankful to have been a part of Adventure Time. Um, and uh, and I think it's going to be so much fun to get everybody on here talking about it. The people that we've had on and the people that we will have on. Um, so nobody is safe. I'm coming for everybody. All my fucking homies. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the beautiful thing about this podcast. It's like real conversations with people that I'm actually friends with. You know, I, I really don't get people on here unless they're people that I would actually call up and talk to on the phone or hang out with in real life and shit like that. You know, people that I've actually done that with. So, you know, we had such a great crew. We would go out to crew lunches a lot. You know, I was, once we got settled in, I was working from my home in Burbank mostly, um, or not from my, from my home in Burbank. Neither one of those statements is true. From my apartment in North Hollywood. Um, it was right down the bike highway from Burbank where Cartoon Network Studios is. And I would ride my bike in and out like about once a week and pick up my stuff and drop it off. And I really wish I could actually... Uh, work around other people more, um, but I'm like so fucking ADHD that I cannot get into my like deep focus. Like I could sit there and bullshit and do some doodling um, around people, but like I can't get in my deep zone of focus. If there's even people in the room with me, um, you know, sometimes I have trouble with it um, just because I'm so fucking distractible. I need to be like fucking, I, I smoke weed, I put on headphones, I fucking put on an audio book, I put on a podcast, I put on some, some slamming tunes, you know, whatever kind of vibe I'm going for, wherever I'm feeling, like, if I need a boost, I'll usually go with some beats, just to, I'll get fucking mad smoked out, and I'll throw on some super hype beats, some fucking run the jewels, some fucking banging ass shit, and it'll get me so hyped, and I'll fucking go in, that's a great way to get started, sometimes that's not always the best way to maintain for me, um, I will then, like, get into a 
a podcast or something more long form. Like I love listening to like Stephen King audiobooks because like, you know, they're, you know, uh, you know, you can head over to Audible and, and download some audiobooks and, you know, get fucking 20 odd hours of, of a book that's like the same tone so that can like kind of put you into a warp zone um for for you know hours and hours and it can kind of you just forget you know i i when i'm in my zone it's like where i want to be when i'm drawing is like i don't even want to know that i exist you know it's like it's like i'm not thinking i'm going purely on intuition i'm going purely on reaction to um, my 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 hand is moving I'm seeing visions of what's on the paper. I'm reacting to it. I do a ton of erasing. I do a ton of like searching and discovering what I'm drawing. Um, I really like to push into it. I'm always willing to, I'm always very eager to erase a good drawing or something that I feel like I've sort of already hit that note or that vibe or that tone before. I want to go deeper. I want to find something that is exciting, new and exciting to me because I know if I'm hitting that in every drawing, that the people that are looking at my work are also going to be excited. My fans are going to continue to be engaged in my work and excited because I'm not putting out the same stuff over and over again. Um, you know, a lot of people get really psyched out. They're like, aren't you worried people are going to bite your style? Or, oh, especially since Adventure Time came out, like, oh, I saw this guy. He's, you know, all these people are 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 biting your style. Look at this. You've, you've, you've started a whole movement of kids that draw like you. Like, my friends will say that. And I'm like, I think that's great, man. I grew up fucking drawing X-Force trying to draw it so detailed like shout out to the homie Luke Dubois daddy ball scout he could draw spawn so fucking good back in the day and I was so jealous of that you know he could I like you know I, I'm not even a talented person I'm just I'm, I'm a workaholic I'm obsessed with drawing that's what makes me good at it people think I'm joking or I'm humble I think even by now, you know, I'm not a humble person. I'm a very confident person. Um, I, I, I feel like I have a very realistic view of where I'm at. I think now I can draw at a very elite level. Um, but I think that, you know, when I, when I was starting out, uh, you know, even in, even my first couple of years in college, I didn't stand out because of the quality of my work. I stood out because of my work ethic, but that was it. Um, I have a really good work ethic. I'm really obsessed. I'm a very extreme person. Um, uh, my ADHD makes it so that I can really have a, like unlimited focus on the things that I love and that I'm passionate about, but I have zero focus or or patience or interest in things that don't uh, grab my attention. You know, so I struggled in high school, obviously, uh, barely made it through and all that. But but yeah, we were in there drawing the X Men, the X Force. Um, you know, so I think that's cool that people are out there drawing Adventure Time, and that's reflected in some of the modern illustration trends and the vibes out there because it's really it's really part of the culture. You know, I think that that's. Uh, that that's uh you know an amazing achievement and i'm never worried about people biting my shit because i'm doing something new all the time you know you can only bite what i what i've already done you can't bite what i'm going to do next and what i'm going to do next is going to be some of the best work i've ever done i'm going to be making breakthroughs i'm going to be pushing it forward that keeps me pumped um so uh yeah i never i never worry about that kind of shit i just think it's super fucking cool and um but yeah i you know i wish that i didn't have to uh you know part of me part of me would like to have been able to work in studio and kind of get a little more of that chummy camaraderie going and stuff 
I would basically be in and out of there. Um, you know, I would come in for a day and then drop off and pick up, but I'd jump in and usually spend the day just shooting the shit with everybody, um, going in, uh, hanging out with Tommy and Jesse and Akko, seeing what Kent's up to, seeing what Penn's up to. Um, shout out to my man, Sambalai, you know, one of my favorite people in the fucking universe. He's a fucking alien like me. Um, and, uh, you know, he's the greatest. We got to get Sambalai on this podcast. It'll be the most amazing fucking podcast in the world um you know and uh and i remember let me slow down a little bit let me slow down um i remember uh i remember a lot of really fun lunches we would go out to lunch in burbank a lot um when i came in and uh and 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 you know that that's lots of fond memories of just joking with people i was at the pinnacle of my inappropriate sense of humor. Um, it was before the, it was before the like super PC, um, uh, social justice warrior revolution, <laughs> like, like, you know, made everybody worried about what they're saying. And, uh, so I was at the pinnacle of my inappropriate humor, always cracking completely inappropriate jokes, um, with everybody and, uh, really enjoyed playing that role. And, um, you know, it's a great way to figure out who, who, who really gets you and who really, um, you know, appreciates you and your sense of humor is to be cracking you know challenging inappropriate jokes jokes that aren't socially acceptable um i like to do that i'm a very inappropriate person i have such a love for that um you know i think it gets misconstrued by a lot of people i definitely i'm not as loose with it now because it can be so taken out of context and can be so misunderstood and and I never want to hurt people's feelings, you know, um, that's never my goal. I just like to push the envelope, you know, that's my whole thing as a person. I'm an extreme person, um, you know, I'm living in the middle of the woods in a half-built house, um, you know, really doing my own thing, um, always doing my own thing, never worked a job I wasn't super psyched about, um, changed my last name to Bandit just to be a badass, like, you know, I really am into my doing my own shit and pushing the envelope. Stuff that's already established is boring to me, you know, I want to be my whole persona is uh really trying to be trying to challenge myself to take myself and 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 the things around me and my reality to the next level you know that's really that's really to me the point of being alive you know and um and I get so, so psyched up about it so I'm trying to remember what else I remember me and Sambalai would go to the mall the Burbank mall and buy the adventure time merchandise. Um, that was always super fun. I still have a sweatshirt from there. That's really cool. Most of the shirts I think I wore out. Kent has an amazing way of having like every old, like, like adventure time or flapjack or whatever shirt. And like, they're all brand new. Like I, I got a fucking, I'm always like, God damn it. I just got this shirt yesterday. Like how did he have this? Like I fucking shred my clothing, man. I don't know. I guess I don't have enough clothes or whatever. Um, I guess that comes with living in a, in a small house and having all the house, all the clothes be in a bureau, you know what I'm saying? And then bins under the house and shit. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that really stood out. Um, you know, I just loved really getting those batches of backgrounds and settling in and, and, you know, smoking weed. And I remember there was one season of adventure time one whole chunk where i would just i i just to switch it up i you know just to switch up the vibe i would sit in bed 
you know, I would still be, I'm a super high motor person, super motivated person. So I'm always getting up at 6am. I'm always starting to work right away. I always want to work as much as I fucking can. Um, you know, uh, you know, most times from the time I get up to the time I go to bed, especially at this point, you know, now I have kids and, and a whole other lot of responsibilities. So that that's really changed. Um, not the urge. <laughs> I have to fight it all the time. I have to fight my nature to want to work all the time, uh, to just relax and chill and enjoy the, the, you know, all, all the richness of my, of my fucking multifaceted life now. Um, but you know, then, then, then a days I would be working, you know, fucking, you know, six, seven days a week, fucking eight to 10 hours a day for sure. Um, because I had more work than I could do my best with, you know, that was the real challenge of it. And like we were saying earlier, I think having projects like that, where you step up and you step up to your destiny, where it's, where it's, you're jumping into the deep end, you know, it's over your head, you know, it's above your pay grade, you know, it's above, not above your pay grade, you know, <laughs> it's a stupid cliche, you know, it's like out of your depth, like it's going to have to be a real reach, like, like you are, like you're stepping onto the court and everybody's way better than you. And you're like, fuck, I'm going to have to ball out of my mind to even, to even not just be taken out of this game right now, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of that was the, was what was at stake and, 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 you know, the fear I had going in and just all the things, you know, I think so many of the, so many things in your life and especially about your destiny, it's like these giant moments will crash together and so many things were coming together and falling apart at this time, like I'm saying, and and so many big dreams were happening. And I was really going for it all. I had taken such a leap of faith. I didn't want to go to L.A. I didn't have ambitions to work for the network. So it was really my my drive to go and do this was really the dream of getting my own property, getting my own forest, getting my own land. That was the dream I was chasing. But then to be, then that's where destiny comes in, right? Destiny brought this opportunity to me. Destiny said, you know what? You're striving so hard to, to make this happen. I'm going to meet you halfway in this insane twist of fate. And to, in order, if you really want this dream of yours to, to be sitting in your own forest someday doing a fucking stupid podcast, doing a rambling old beef jerky, spicy beef stew, hot tub podcast, you're going to have to fucking draw out of your mind. And I really stepped up and I was just like, fuck it. And I threw down and just gave it everything I had. So I think that, you know, it was such a special time in my life, just like how special it was when I went to live in my first cabin and I was so out of my depth. I didn't know how to build anything. And I never, you know, lived on my own alone on a mountain in the woods before and, 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 and just built my own shit and, and tried to fucking rip out all my faulty wiring and figure out who I wanted to be. You know, it's really these experiences stack up on one another. You know, it's like it's what builds your character. If you go through life taking the easiest roads and the easiest path, I think your destiny is going to be a quiet one. You know, I mean, some people may just hit the jackpot and get real lucky. But for me, it's when I'm taking the most biggest giants leaps of faith where I could be smashed on the rocks, which we all know I've also done. I've taken a literal fucking jump off a cliff and broken every bone in both my feet. And, you know, that was really the birth of the modern Gosher mentality when I was told I would never walk again. And I decided, fuck that. I'm definitely going to walk again. And not only that, I'm going to stop, you know, even though I'm always going to be a fuck up, I'm going to stop letting life happen to me and be a victim of mainstream reality. And I'm going to create my own fucking reality. You know, all these 
character building challenges, that one was put in my face. You know, I, I didn't choose to break my feet, but I did choose to go build a cabin in the woods and sit there and cry in the forest and be lost and not know what I was doing. And then fucking get myself up and say, you know what I'm doing? I'm following my fucking intuition. I hear a voice of the voice of the fucking God out in the fucking creative universe this fucking weed god this fucking infinite god however you want to say it this fucking you know whatever is whatever is calling you wherever that voice is coming from in your heart in your soul in your mind in your destiny um when you hear that no matter what the cost no matter what's in front of you you must follow it because that is the that is the calling of your future self that was that was like me hearing me now saying jump do it, jump. It it really is. You know, it's like, and I was like, fuck, I got to do this. I got to jump in and build this cabin. And then from there, I'm the kid in his fucking own cabin, uh, building my own cabin in the woods, doing really what I want to do, building my own brand of illustration, living it with living in a fort with my fucking dog in the woods, doing my own uh, unorthodox adventure. And then, you know, I end up fucking designing the world for venture time tell me that that's not destiny tell me that that's not fate and if i hadn't taken these leaps of faith to jump into that cabin and then to go fuck it to jump in and fucking ball out of my mind draw out of my mind to create this world of adventure time um and uh you know then you know it would have all been different you know and 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 you you have to do it and i think it was I think the work that I did and I, and I never would have leveled up that way if it wasn't for all that shit happening, you know, and, and the tragedy and the failure is part of it. Getting fired is part of it. Having my engagement fall apart is part of it, you know, um, you know, going through all that shit is part of it. And then taking the leap of faith again to move back here, uh, to move to this property in Vermont with a, with a, with my, with my wife who we had really just getting to know each other. Um, you know, we had decided to have our son, another leap of faith. We had decided to have our son Wolf within the first week of meeting each other you can see a pattern here i'm very driven by my vision by my intuition it doesn't always work i've followed that vision um into other relationships into other endeavors that you know have 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 just fallen apart and 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 crumbled in front of me but success and failure are two sides of the same coin and it's all fucking money in the bank you need it you know what i'm saying it's information on where to go next you will not have you, they will be in direct proportion to each other. If you have fucking tiny failures, you'll have tiny successes. If all you want to bet is one chip, you're going to win one chip. You know what I'm saying? If you go all in, you might lose all your chips, but then you might figure out a fucking way to get those chips back and double down and then fucking really hit the jackpot, which I've done many times in my life, you know? But it's in direct proportion to my willingness to go all fucking in and fucking and just go, I'm going to trust in in myself in 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 that I'm going to figure out when I'm in this circumstance. I don't know what I'm going to do now, but I'm going to trust in myself that when I get in there, I'm going to be resourceful. I'm going to be confident and I'm going to figure out what to do, you know, even though I'm scared fucking shitless and I don't think I can do it. And there's voices in my head saying, you can't do it. You don't belong here. You're a failure. You know how you get rid of those voices? You prove them wrong. You know what I'm saying? You prove them wrong. And then all of a sudden, next time, they're a little bit quieter, you know? And then you fucking prove them wrong again. And then next time, they're even fucking quieter. And now it's like a dull murmur in my mind. The only time that I have anxiety or fear or stress or anything like that is if I'm, you know, dead smack in the middle of a conversation or something like that, like everybody. 
Or if I wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes it'll creep in. But other than that, I don't worry about fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? Because when something comes up, I go, hey, can I do something about this? Uh, let's deal with it right now. Let's fucking take care of it. You know, let's get this off the, off, the, off the desk because I have shit to focus on. I have meaningful shit to do. You know what I'm saying? That's how you get serious. That's how you build your character, build your self-confidence by setting the bar high for yourself, jumping into these absolute meaningful challenges, the things that are going to define you as an individual um, and, uh, and, and, and conquering them, you know, failing, succeeding, failing, succeeding, getting back up succeeding going fuck man i'm gonna fail at this and going you know what shit man i want to do it anyway because this would be dope like you know like we say a lot of people are what if it doesn't work well i go what if it fucking does work every time there's a voice in your head that says what if it doesn't work manually interject what if it does work you know what i'm saying and take that leap of faith see what happens because you're going to find out more about yourself that way and this is a quest you are in a creative animal in an infinite universe. You are on a mythical, mythological quest. The, the biggest conspiracy of mainstream reality is to try to convince you that your existence is mundane. Your existence is like everybody else's. Your existence is not meaningful. Let me tell you something. It could be not further from the truth because I am a very average person. I'm a very fucking uh, person who, uh, you know, did not have greatness meant for me. You know, it like wasn't like people were never like, this kid's going somewhere. They were like, this kid's a fucking idiot. I had teachers tell me I was an idiot in fucking school. My teacher was like, Dan, you're a, you're an idiot. They didn't say fucking. I'm sure they wanted to. But if you took a poll of my teachers through middle school and high school and asked them where I'd be, they would say uh, fucking juvenile, detention, jail, drugs, rehab. That's where I was headed. You know what I'm saying? Um, but instead, I saw a void. And then I said, there's nothing for me in mainstream reality. I need to fucking... I need to decide who I'm going to be. I'm not going to let mainstream reality, other people's expectations... Other compare, comparing myself to other people, I'm not going to let that define me. You know, I'm going to decide. It's up to me. This is my life. This is my destiny. It's up to me. And that's really, uh, I think, what made the explosion of the stuff that happened in the beginning of Adventure Time so special for me, you know? And, and uh, you know, I think that, you know, there were so many people, so many talented people working on that show, and we were all just synergizing together. Um, and, uh, and, and having a great time and feeding off of each other. And so even though, you know, I wasn't in the studio every day, I would come in and we would mix it up and, and so many fun times. Um, I remember, uh, obviously when I, when I, when I started freelancing at Cartoon Network, doing the storyboards for Flapjack, I was, uh, my, the, my, the only person I knew there was Pete Browngart, who I had met through our mutual friend, Taichi Smoklinson. Um, their future wives had, uh, gone to were were friends and uh, Tight Jeans' future wife had gone to high school with Pete Browngart, aka Uncle Grandpa. Um, one of my fucking favorite, again, one of my favorite people in the world. I fucking love Pete Browngart to death. Um, you know, many sleepovers with Pete Browngart. He's at the sleepover level. You know what I'm saying? There's different levels of friendship. He's at the sleepover level. You know what I'm saying? We've had a lot of sleepovers. Um, I crashed at his house um, when I was freelancing on Flapjack, and I remember, you know, he. Would, would uh, secretly smoke a lot 
lot of cigarettes. He was supposed to be quitting, I think, and he would smoke a lot of cigarettes in the parking structure at Cartoon Network, and we would shoot the shit about a lot of stuff. Um, he was there for me when I got fired from Flapjack, and then got, you know, he was like, he was the one who told me, Penn and Pat want to talk to you. Um, and I went in and talked to them and, and you know, was, was offered that job. One of the, one of the, I'll never forget that moment where Penn told me, we, I want Adventure Time to take place in a ghost shrimp world. That is one of the most beautiful things I had ever heard. He could have been standing in the middle of a church. He could have been fucking Jesus on the mountain or whatever the fuck. St. John, St. Baptist, St. Baptist baptizing fucking my my foreskin in the river. You know, he was just there and he was like, oh, it was it was my salvation. Um you know, I always try to think in abstract terms and I always, it always is really helpful for me to think that, you know, yes, that was Penn telling me that, but also that was life speaking through him. That was fate. That was destiny with an opportunity and a challenge for me. And was I going to accept it? Was I going to take it? Was I going to be able to transcend the current version of myself and build my legend at Cartoon Network as the designer of the world for adventure time you know and i think one of the most amazing things about this story is that you know i wasn't the most talented person um i didn't apply for this job and get it i was out there in the woods in the middle of nowhere in new hampshire uh working on my freelance illustration career and i was able to because of putting very strong personal work out there full of personal mythology, you know, using all of my illustration jobs to create this cohesive world that is the Ghost Shrimp illustration world. That by doing that, I had created this opportunity that I didn't even know was going to come to me, you know, and then to be there and to do it. And now look where we are. It's all over. It's amazing. What a run for the show. Um, you know, I think without a doubt, one of the most imaginative shows on television. <clears throat> I can't think of a show that is, you know, more popular and ran as long as Adventure Time and was and pushed things as much, was as imaginative, um, you know, took as many chances as as we did and and put in the level of um of of uh just the the high volume of production that goes into all of those episodes i think it was completely unprecedented and i'm so fucking proud to be a part of it and and so feel so thankful you know that we got to you know so cathartic to go out to la at the end uh when when everybody was done working on it cuz i did the backgrounds for the finale um two winters ago you know quite a long time ago and then last year um i flew out to la for one night to do the rap party and it was incredible they had a tree house they had a giant tree house dj booth it was unfucking real they and they they rented out this giant club right on sunset boulevard and they had one room that was the candy kingdom with my backgrounds up and it was full of candy and princess bubble like girls dressed up as princess bubblegum handing out not girls women uh you know uh, i always say girl and boy a kid i always call people kids and people get confused um there were uh you know uh, princess bubblegum ladies walking around giving out candy and uh 
and and uh you know they they had ice kingdom stuff all up around they had the treehouse uh dj booth built it was insane you know and it was so nice to just go and tell kelly cruz how much uh she meant to me tell nick jennings how much he meant to me obviously tell Penn and pat again and again and again how much they meant to me and uh and just to see everybody it was so much fun uh you know to see tommy and jesse and akko and sambalai um i stayed with kent uh you know i got to hang with pete we got pete in there even though he wasn't working at the studio anymore um you know uh the 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 camaraderie and the acknowledgement that we were all that we all created this hive mind i remember actually this is interesting there's a couple of things a couple of stories that i want to end with one is when i first sat down i remember when i first got hired on adventure time i sat down with Penn. we went and got burgers at this burger joint outside in burbank near to the studio and he was telling me he's like i just want to create this hive mind where we're all connecting and I don't remember exactly what his world, what his words were, but it was that sentiment that we were all going to blend together and all get on the same page mentally, stylistically, inspirationally, motivationally, everything. And what's amazing is that fucking happened. You know, he was able to be the catalyst that made that happen. So, you know, obviously all praises to uh, the God, Penn Ward, the God of Adventure Time, truly. You know, we are all different little, we're like the little gods of creation in our own realm. And he's the overarching God, you know, that, that created it all and, and, and gave us a playground to play in. So that's one story. And then one other really funny story I wanted to end with is, uh, you know, obviously there's so much more thoughts. I actually did a whole bunch more, but it, it was too rambling and I deleted it. So I'm coming back. I'm trying to keep it tight here. Um, uh, one of the other stories that I love is when I first went in to negotiate my salary with Kelly Cruz, um, you know, she didn't really know who I was yet. And, you know, I'm sure she knew that I've been fired and, and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I went in and I was sitting in her office waiting and she had these little like cubes sitting there and I thought they were footrests. So I put my foot up on one and I'm just sitting there probably looking at a magazine or I don't know what, but I was just sitting in her office looking at stuff and she comes in and she's just real serious and she sits down and she says, I can offer you, uh, you know, this much. And, you know, I think it was something comparable to the, you know, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a week I was making uh, as a storyboard artist before I'd been fired off of Flapjack. And um, she she so she made me that offer. And I said, well, no, I want nineteen hundred dollars a week because I think I knew someone else that was doing this was making that or something and that I was designing the show and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay, well, I'll let you know what we can do. I'll get back to you. And so that was it. And then um, <laughs> I didn't realize, but the but then I heard that the rumor was that, and this was probably the way it felt to Kelly for some reason, but the rumor was that I was sitting in her desk chair with my feet up on her desk, <laughs> you know, and I was demanding all this money, which would have been insane and incredible. <laughs> Um, but this is one of the stories going around that I heard and I was like, wait a minute, that's not what happened. And so, uh, you know, it was a very, <laughs> it was a very, uh, rocky start. Again, this was the whole, the, the whole beginning was so 
traumatic and tumultuous and I was so out of my depth. I remember I was meeting with Nick Jennings and, uh, you know, about, you know, the backgrounds and stuff. And I was like, yeah, as long as, you know, as long as, as long as you guys can match my salary from, uh, Flapjack, you know, I can, I can, uh, I can work on this show. And, um, and, uh, I guess this was before I had talked to Kelly and I was, of course. And he was like, no, you don't talk to the art director about money, dude. You talk to the producer, you know? So like, it just shows how out of my fucking depth, how I had no business being there. Like it was just, you know, it's so crazy that I ended up in this place. Truly, truly, truly. There's no other explanation than destiny. When you hear the whole story of how I got there. You know, you can go back, listen to episode 10 of the podcast, and it makes all the sense in the world, which is exactly how I think it should be. When you are on your path, when you're chasing your destiny, when you're engaged in 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 your in your wrestling with fate, you know, it should line up. It should make sense with things with the things from your past. I grew up in the woods. I was living in a fort with my dog in the forest when I got the call to go out and eventually design Adventure Time. You know, there's things that make sense. There are these little foreshadowings you can go back and see, and it all makes sense. Um, but then when I went back in to, uh, you know, finalize the negotiations with Kelly, I think she offered me a take it or leave it of less than she had offered me the first time because she was so, like, not into me and and my whole vibe at that point um and and i of course took it because it was that or go home and uh you know of course the rest is history and we had we and kelly are you know i think we are feel very fondly for each other uh i think we definitely grew a great relationship out of the show um she was at my wedding uh you know all the homies from the show were at my wedding Penn and tommy and and everybody um in the in our backyard in north hollywood would. Um, I never imagined that I was going to meet my wife out there. I never imagined I was even going to ever live in LA. Um, it just shows that, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're chasing greatness, when you, uh, when you have big dreams, um, when you're out there pushing to be, to level up and to keep being the next version of yourself, there's going to be all kinds of unexpected twists and turns, all kinds of pitfalls, all kinds of funny stuff. And, you know, you're going to make bad first impressions and all this stuff, but you know you stick with it you come back you you're resilient and you keep striving for those goals and you listen to that intuition it's going to lead you to the right place and of course you know um i i ended up being paid very handsomely for the show although uh you know hey i'm not opposed to a nice legacy payment you know my drawings are on the monopoly box they're on the they're on the uh they're on the uh, happy meal box um every piece of fucking adventure time packaging that's out there has my drawings on it um you know strangely enough i get residuals I get $20 residual checks from the voice that I did of of Phil in City of Thieves where he goes, my glasses, my jammies, you know, Um, I get residual checks from that. But somehow I don't get residual checks from creating the treehouse, from creating the candy kingdom. And uh, man, I would love that. You know what I'm saying? So I know it ain't going to happen, but I'm definitely not opposed to uh, Cartoon Network going, you know what? We should really uh, show Goshram some love. He made such a contribution to this. It's it's made so many people so much money across so many media platforms, across so many products. We're going to cut him a nice fat check. 
uh, you know, so that he can just fucking continue to expand his dream, you know? So shout out Cardio Network. Get me up. Hit me up. I'll give you my PayPal. You can fucking set me off, you know, give me that fat paycheck, but maybe not because that might make me too, you know, that, that might take my edge off, you know, that might, that might actually be the last thing that I would want if I want to be the greatest. So, you know, you know how I do it. I keep grinding. Uh, as long as I got enough to pay the bills, um, you know, that is what I strive for. My goal as a visual artist is to be the absolute greatest I can be, to be the album cover world champion, which I am undisputed. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you could, even though it's a small sample size, you can make an argument for me as one of the greatest background designers of all time as well so let's get that going you know what i'm saying you know i love to toot my own horn i get up here i'm very fucking uh i'm very driven and motivated and uh and and i love the work that i do i make no bones about that some people don't like the work that they do to me if i, I you know I work on plenty of drawings that I'm looking at that I don't like, but I erase it and I keep going until I fucking love it, until it's until it's making those breakthroughs, getting me psyched up and all that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think we'll cap it off there. I think that's a nice place to end it. Um, and uh, we'll get to these Patreon shout outs. Let's boot up, boot up this other computer here, the wacky computer, and uh, get to these Adventure Time shout outs. I'll try to think if there's any other um, things that I remember, you know, really just like, you know, all the good times, just getting drinks with the crew, you know, hitting up the mall for merch with Sambalai, buying those Adventure Time shirts at Hot Topic with Sambalai, and, uh, you know... um, you know, just really, I remember when we when we got the first footage back from Adventure Time, it was from the Inchiridion episode where Finn and Jake are sitting by this brook and they're kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of like, he's sad about something like, man, we're never going to fucking get this. I'm never going to be a hero or something like that, like the self-reflective moment of doubt. And uh, I remember we got that back from the from the animation studio overseas from rough draft or whatever and i could not believe how fucking good it was it gave me fucking chills and then we got back oh you could hear the you could hear the cd player dvd player ejecting i'm gonna move the mic away from the computer a little bit maybe we won't pick as much of that up um and then, like, I can also remember an early piece of footage was the Ice King wheeling Finn and Jake as, like, an ice cube up his back, like, like um, a road there that leads to the back of his house, um, his, his mountain castle, whatever you want to call it. I remember seeing that early on and that being, like, just chilling. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is going to be insane. And then the way they talked and the way it looked... And the way, you know, it was the colors. I mean, shout out to the colorist. One thing I didn't say on here. Um, now it's probably my voice is way louder now that I'm right next to it. Um, one thing that I that I should always say and, and say every opportunity I get is a shout out to the colorist on Adventure Time. Because I didn't color any of my backgrounds. I had nothing to do with the color palette of the show. Um, so big shout outs to all the colorists um on the show um because they totally killed it you know they did a great job coloring everything and making my backgrounds look super fucking amazing you know i always flat color my work uh for the most part so it was really fun to see it 
um, with all this different lighting and, and all these different effects and stuff. Um, you know, they really brought it to life in an amazing way. Um, and again, just go just 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 a testament to how every single person contributed equally to this amazing uh, end product that we got with Adventure Time. Um, and uh, and now it's over, you know, what I'm saying now we've reached the end and and uh, man, you know, watching it from beginning to end all the way through, especially the, from the perspective now as a fan, um, it's got to be one of the greatest cartoon shows of all time. I mean, I think without a doubt, you know, and 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 not because I worked on it, you know, I mean, that that feels great. And, and it's really unbelievable. Still, I still cannot believe that I'm sitting here talking about creating the world for one of the greatest shows of all time. Like, that's fucking insane. I never, I never, ever, ever thought of that, you know, as, as y'all know. You know, I was a teenager who thought that I was going to end up in jail and, you know, fucking doing nothing with my life. So the fact that, you know, all these events happened and all these, you know, challenges were accepted and overcome and, and, and I've done all this. And now, obviously, once I left Adventure Time, I came here and started a whole new level chapter of my life and done by far the best illustration work of my entire career, um, you know, uh, you know, continuing to do so every year uh, doing my best work. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's an incredible part of my journey and it's so much fun to reflect on it. I'm glad that people like to hear about this stuff on the podcast and all that. Um, and I hope it's really inspiring. I hope everybody's got their pencils out and they're drawing right now. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's pull up the Patreon here and, uh, sorry about the fucking stupid disc noise. At least we didn't have it through the whole production here. Okay, so notifications. Of course, you know, if you uh, dig this podcast, um, subscribe to this podcast. Um, give a five-star review on iTunes of this podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast. Um, uh, what else? The You can go to patreon.com slash ghostrimp to get early access uh, to every episode, as well as lots of, uh, I do behind the foreskin mini-sodes where I'm filming what I'm up to. We put up two hours of edited footage from Ghost Scout Training Camp uh, that's exclusive on there right now. Um, there's some exclusive uh, breakdown of the projects that are on my desk right now. I'm about to do an update to that. Um, and, uh, it's really just like, if you're a fan of my work, uh, join the Patreon. Cause it's like, uh, you know, the most kind of exclusive behind the scenes, uh, content that you can get. Um, so, uh, check it out. Just like, uh, new $1 member, Tom Delaringo. <laughs> That's a funny name. Tom Delaringo. Welcome to the Patreon family, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and Pablo Meiji, uh, thank you for clarifying, uh, how to say your name. I think that's how you said it. Pablo Meiji and Tom Della Ringe, Della Ringa, Della Ringa, whatever. <laughs> that's a dope name. Uh, I love people's names, man. People's names are so fascinating. Um, so there's the, the new patrons 
And of course, uh, you know, you can join at different levels. You know, you can join for only $1 per episode and get access to everything. Um, you can join for $2 or more per episode and get a beef stew shout out on the podcast, or you can, uh, join, uh, at the $5 plus level and at the marinated steak tip level, and you can get a shout out on the podcast and a shout out on the behind the foreskin full episodes, which end up on YouTube, which I have obviously tons of content that I need to dump on there. I've just been so goddamn busy. Um, right now I am finishing up a t-shirt for flying Lotus. I am working on the second raw tray. I am working on the album cover for uncle Terry, the new one. And I am working on a single cover for Sadat X, Razkaz and guilty Simpson. You know what I'm saying? So I got so much shit on my plate right now, but I had to jump on here and break y'all off this podcast. Um, so let's get to the shout outs. And of course, these are the uh, these are the patrons that supported um, last week's episode or not last week because we kind of missed last week, but episode 49 um, of the podcast with Kent Osborne, the Adventure Time finale reaction. So uh, if this is the first time you listen to the podcast, you can jump back and uh, go back through. We got a lot of really fun ones. We've got um, Kent on the podcast a lot, who's the head writer of Adventure Time. Uh, we got Jesse Moynihan, who's a storyboarder. We got Andy Ristino, who boarded and designed backgrounds and characters. Um, I'm trying to think if we've had others. We're getting Tommy on. We're getting Akko on. We're going to get Jesse and Andy back on. We're getting... Um, um, fucking, uh, fuck, what's her face? Jackie Buscarino on. Um, so, uh, we're gonna fucking, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get Steve Little on. I gotta get Steve on the pod, dude. I love fucking Steve Little. Um, all right. So let's get into these, uh, shout outs before we hit the two hour mark. Um, so for, at that marinated steak tip level, we got a $5 shout out going to Eric Amelhus. Get yourself some marinated steak tips. Um, big shout out, and uh, we're gonna be doing. I'm gonna be doing a new uh, beer label for Erica at the Norway Brewing Company. Um, once I get these jobs off my desk, so that's fun. Um, big shout out, another marinated steak tip on the grill for Johan Elverby. Uh, oh, and uh, throw another steak tip on for Yvonne Santiago. Big shout outs. Big, big, big shout outs. Very, um, very thankful for everybody that takes, takes, uh, takes some, takes some time and money to support the podcast, you know? Uh, big shout out to Pablo Meji, aka Young Wolf Teal, exclamation point. I love that. Big shout out to Zeta. Get yourself some beef stew, my friend. Uh, current, uh, 12, 12 week online group workshopper. He's in the workshop right now. Round four of the workshop just started this week. That's another exciting thing that's going on in my life and in the lives of all the workshoppers. Um, uh, yeah, we just started round four. Another round of the, of the workshop sold out. If you want to get in on round five, get on the notification list so you can get a spot before it's sold out. Only 10 spots per uh, round. So do it to it. Uh, all the info's on goshoglobal.com. Uh, about that. 
big beef stew shout out to my homie Raphael Tanghall. Hope all's well with you. Hope you're staying hyped. Homie, I want to see some new drawings, dude. Uh, big shout out to Daniel Foothead, aka Ghost Scout Sports Magic. Uh, big shout out to Uncle Terry, one of my current clients. Uh, big shout out to uh, part of the Ghost Scout family, Big Shot Hollywood director, Mark Osborne. Directed The Little Prince and Kung Fu Panda. He's working on a new project. We got to get him back on here, you know what I'm saying? Big shout out to Krognak, aka Beard Lips, aka John Mansfield, the the uh, not the reigning defending, but the year six Girl Scout training camp camp champ. Uh, big shout out to Devin Newman. Get yourself some beef stew. Uh, get some more beef stew going for workshop alumni Johnny Glans. Uh, all the way to Denmark. Big shout out to Try Man Hunt. Uh, big shout out to Alexi Giroux. Uh, big shout out to Kent Osborne, aka Oh, I forgot Alexi's name. Sorry, I was spacing out for a minute. Big shout out to Alexi Giroux, workshop alumni and. Go Scout Cheeky Bookie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, big shout out to Kent Osborne, um, who is my neighbor, my new best friend, and Go Scout Harvest Moon. Big shout out to Waste Zoid. Uh, big shout out to Jesse Moynihan, the homie from Adventure Time. Big shout out to Chris Burke. Uh, big shout out to current workshopper and ghost scout, Joran Thornton, a.k.a. Michael Joran. Big shout out to another current workshopper, Shambe, Shambe, Shambe. Big shout out to a workshop alumni, Chris Murray, a.k.a. Mr. Husband. You know what I'm saying? He's in the Ghost Scouts now. Uh, big shout out to Bark the Dog, B-A-R-C, Bark, 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 uh, a.k.a. Andrew Lansing, a.k.a. Alexander Andrew Lansing, a.k.a. Uh, Ghost Scout Dusty Lupus, um, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Bark News, a.k.a. Bruce Biggums. Check out Bruce Biggums' coverage of Ghost Scout Training Camp coming out. As we speak online, uh, big shout out to Michael Broncado. Big shout out to Ryan Sims. Big shout out to another workshopper, current workshopper, Jesse Premier. Get yourself some beef stew, homie. Uh, big shout out to Ghost Scout. Uh, Frogadile Dundee, a.k.a. Steve Winfield Meyer. Big shout out to Spook Novel. Uh, big shout out to Dalton Stark, a.k.a. Ghost Scout uh, Velvet Dojo. Check him out at Dalton Doodles. You know what I'm saying? Big shout out to Jesse Cookhucka Donnie. Uh, big shout out to workshop alumni Alejandro Fuentes. And last but not least, big beef stew shout out to Ethan Worthington. 
All right. That's funny. Kent Osborne supported the podcast that he was a guest on. Wow. That's great. So thank you for all the people that, that, uh, supported episode 49. Um, if you want to hear yourself shouted out on every episode, just make sure you are at the beef stew plus level and, uh, set your settings to, uh, donate to contribute to every podcast, you know? So, uh, you know, when you're out there this week, <clears throat> make sure you're doing everybody what, what everybody in the workshop is doing. Um, you know, work right now, they're setting their five-year plan. Um, they're starting out by setting three goals per year, and then they're refining it. They're getting into the details. They're reverse engineering these wild, fun, imaginative plans um, to, to create a vision of their life, figure out who they want to be, what they want to be doing. Um, they're in there wrestling with their destiny right now, trying to suss it out, trying to figure out what the, what the next steps are for them. So do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Get a weekly planner. Um, oh, we can shut this thing down. Get a weekly planner. Um, get yourself. Hold on. Let's shut this computer down. This could probably take the whole time anyway to shut down. Um, get yourself a weekly planner. Get yourself a dry erase board. And, uh, you know, that's going to help you. That's going to help you get closer to your goals. You know, even if you have a full-time job, even if you have other stuff in the way, you can still make little goals for yourself to get closer and closer to having your life, to being in control of your life, you know, being in control of your destiny and uh, really being able to uh, get to the point where you're playing a big part in manipulating your destiny for having a big influence on uh, the quality of your life, you know, and uh, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, everybody has a different starting point, as we know, um, but there's no reason that with motivation and focus and determination and, uh, you know, and, 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 and trying to get, uh, trying to, trying to get it, it hooked up with a community of other motivated people. That's a huge, that can be a huge factor. If you're not someone who's high, mo high, like a high motor person on your own, try to get in a community of people that are motivated so you can really, uh, you know, get up every day and say, okay, you know, who do I want to be? How do I use today to have a great day and then get a little bit closer? So when I wake up tomorrow, I'm a little bit closer to my to my destiny, to my best life, to doing the things that I want to do, filling my life with what's the most personal to me, um, the the most meaningful and uh, and and and. And when you're out there, you know, following your own goals, trying to get yourself hyped up, make sure you take a little time to do exactly what we're doing on this podcast. Try to get others hyped up. You know, uh, it's uh, uh, you know, it's a big part of my motivation to inspire other people to uh, you know follow their dreams, to live their destiny, to really embrace the fact that it's that it, they're the only people living their life. So don't live it for other people. Um, live it for you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, if you have kids and stuff like that, you know, you're obviously in a if you're in a healthy relationship, then that's great. You're, uh, you know, you know, that's, that's part of that, having that creative community that's inspiring you to be better. Um, but you know, make sure you're really, uh, following your dreams. You know, you're not doing any, anybody, any favors, uh, just by becoming another sheep in the flock, you know, uh, there's enough of those already. Um, let's, let's fucking, let's, let's do this. Let's all, get up there and and follow our unique paths because that I feel is the destiny of making the world a place where everybody is inspired 
to take that path, you know, that they don't get sucked in and, and into that mainstream reality and, uh, you know, just kind of become another, another person that's just humdrumming through their life and not happy and not satisfied and not fulfilled and is depressed and medicated and all that shit. You know, there's a way out of that. You know, I've been there. I was there in high school and I fucking picked myself up and got out of there. You know, you got to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, so, uh, yeah, make sure you're inspiring other people. It doesn't matter. You know, don't look for the differences in people. Don't look for the conflict. Look for what you have in common with people. Really look for, um, you know, the things that you love, that they love. I guarantee you, you have more in common with everybody on this planet than you have in conflict with them. So really, truly, um, you know, let's try to work together and overlook our little differences to create the greater connections and the greater positive, productive projects that we can do in this life because I think that it really is um, I think human beings have unlimited potential it just really depends on how much we want to focus and 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 work together um, to do things because obviously when that happens you know you know we can go to fucking outer space we can go to hollow earth we can go anywhere we fucking want you know what I'm saying so let's fucking do it you know and uh you know we gotta also get some fucking we gotta get some extraterrestrial talk going on this podcast soon I feel like we haven't had enough supernatural shit going lately so we'll get that going but uh you know until uh until the next podcast be positive be productive keep it hype you know what I'm saying and inspire the people around you all right peace Broadcasting live from another dimension. Broadcasting live from another dimension. Broadcasting live from another dimension. Go shrimp. Shrimp.